You're listening to Martin Wolf's podcast from the Financial Times. Both the financial crisis and its consequences for the real economy in the world and the UK have become far more disturbing over the past few weeks. Bradford and Bingley, another specialised mortgage bank, has disappeared. The crisis has spread deep into the Eurozone, not least with the Irish government's decision to guarantee the liabilities of its largest banks. Money markets also remain under huge stress, with spreads between rates of interest on interbank lending and expected official rates at extraordinary levels. Yet the US rescue package does look more likely to pass than on Tuesday. This raises a question. Should the UK try to do something equally systematic? On balance, I believe the answer is no, but it does have to think through some big issues. I will focus on three. Fiscal policy, policy towards the banks, and monetary policy. Start with the obvious. Nobody knows what is going to happen to the economy, but whatever one thought a month ago, it looks far worse now. Moreover, as HSBC notes in an important recent piece of research entitled The Credibility Gap, Why the Bust After the Boom Will Linger for a Long Time, published on September 12, 2008, estimates of the output gap are wildly uncertain. Nor do we have a good idea of the trend rate of economic growth. Nobody knows whether the UK is experiencing a temporary slowdown after which activity and rates of growth will return to previous trends. This uncertainty has large fiscal implications. Capital economics forecasts public sector net borrowing at up to 4% of gross domestic product this year. This deficit may be largely, even entirely, structural. It is likely, too, that an extended recession would generate huge increases in these deficits. Public sector net borrowing might be 6 to 7% of GDP in a couple of years. Gordon Brown, the Prime Minister, claims that experience is needed to get through this crisis. Unfortunately, the fiscal errors that have left the UK more vulnerable than necessary were made after he had gained substantial experience as Chancellor. Fortunately, partly because of his earlier decisions, public sector net debt is the lowest relative to GDP of any member of the group of seven leading high-income countries, except Canada. The UK should be able to run large fiscal deficits for a while, but this is true with a proviso. The government must also develop a credible, multi-year programme of fiscal consolidation. The institutional arrangements proposed by George Osborne, the Shadow Chancellor of the Exchequer, this week look right, especially given the loss of credibility of Mr Brown's fiscal rules. One of the reasons fiscal room for manoeuvre may turn out to be smaller than hoped is that some of the bad debt might end up permanently on the public sector's balance sheets. This brings us to what should be done about the banks. Is it either necessary or wise to follow the Irish government in guaranteeing the liabilities of the banking system as a whole? The answer is no. This is first a beggar-thy-neighbour policy, since it will attract deposits from competing banking systems, but it is also a beggar-thyself policy, since it gives management and shareholders the right to gamble with the public sector's balance sheet. True, that has always been the case, at least to some extent, but this amounts to making that possibility quite transparent. Such a guarantee surely necessitates outright managerial control. A second question is whether the UK banking system needs to be recapitalised. Certainly markets have written down the value of the big UK banks drastically, except for HSBC. It is possible to imagine dire circumstances in which public sector injections of capital are necessary. Plans for that must be made. But at present, 
it seems to be far more sensible to demand a planned program of private sector recapitalization over some years. A third question is whether a special effort needs to be made to subsidize mortgage lending. My answer remains a firm no. Yesterday I heard someone on the BBC's Today program refer to house price falls as depressing. No, they are not. Why should we want expensive housing? True, almost nobody is borrowing now, but why should they, given the continuing falls in prices? Let the UK make sure it has a sound banking system, then let the lenders and borrowers decide how much to lend. Once the government is in this market, it will never be able to get out of it. That way lies the madness of Fannie and Freddie. Finally, there is monetary policy. Assume fiscal policy can offer only the support of the built-in stabilisers. Assume, too, that the banking system is adequately capitalised. Then the Bank of England's Monetary Policy Committee must focus only on the rapidly deteriorating prospects for activity in the world and UK economies over the next two years. The case for a cut is overwhelming, and the case for a big one, half a percentage point, is quite strong. It is always necessary to be prudent, but sometimes boldness is prudent. This, in my judgment, is now such a time. A half a percentage point cut in interest rates would now be a risk well worth considering. Thank you for listening. To read Martin Wolf's columns online, please go to www.ft.com forward slash wolf.